sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Hour number two, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. We're going to try and break it down and make you profitable going into the weekend. Big time game. Let's start talking about the AFC North, which, if it's not the NFC West, right, that's that best division in football, I submit, mm. Kev, the AFC North for your consideration. They also have the only remaining unbeaten team in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers will Host the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. I find it interesting, though, Kev. This was one of our watch for the hook games earlier in the week. This was on the other side of seven. This was mm-hmm. seven and a half. We now have it at six and a half. Talk about watching for the hook. What do you think about this one? Like, obviously, the big question here is Big Ben Roethlisberger, right? We know he's not yeah. practicing all weeks. I think a lot of people just assume that he's going to wind up being cleared and ultimately be out there on. Sunday I think that's a fair assumption but it's interesting six and a half to seven and a half is a big thing for me I'm going to tell you the truth Kev at seven and a half I might have liked Joe Burrow and the Bengals and garbage time and all of his attempts throwing it around to the largest of all the humans and the back door could have been live at six and a half I'm not so sure under the assumption obviously that it is Big Ben under center so I'll be honest with you. I like the Bengals in this game, and I think there's a chance they win this football game. Uh, like the, the Bengals yeah. are the Bengals are are going to be legit good. They are they are they are just competitive constantly. All they do is cover numbers. They're getting six and a half. Now we don't need to bet this now. Okay, it's not going to drop to six or five and a half. I don't think so. At least could be wrong. So here's I don't what might so. happen. Let me ask you about this though. In in terms of waiting. Do you expect, like, on Sunday morning or Saturday night when they declare yeah. that Big Ben is cleared, you mm-hmm. think this gets right back to seven? Like, I would think If I so. want Cincy, because I like it with you, right, could I wait and maybe get seven and then take him with a full touchdown? Yeah. Won't the news I, move this number a little mm-hmm. bit with Big Ben? Yeah. And you see the six and a half right now is minus 118. I, I would expect a, a locked-in Big Ben. And here's the thing. You at home might say, well, what if I don't think Big Ben's going to play? Not mad at you. Go for your risk. But also, like, then I'm like, are, is it not all happy days as we all then unanimously bet against Mason Rudolph and just take Joe Burrow to outduel him? Like, let's have some fun. My question is, Dane, let's just say I lock Big Ben into this game and the spread's still six and a half, which at that point you said you would lean a little bit more towards Pittsburgh, right? You trust in this team with what you saw in the Dallas game? I just think. They're eventually going to get caught sleeping. Now, maybe it was a wake-up call. Maybe it was. I just think a hungry Bengals team off of a bye. Yeah. I, I'm taking Cincy kind of regardless. Okay, here's what I would say to that, right? One of the things you have said, I have said, a lot of people have said, is the idea of Pittsburgh playing to the level of their competition, right? And so right. I'm going to use part of that as why they got out slow against Dallas. I know what you're saying. Oh, level of competition. The Bengals are 2-5-1. and one. No, this is a division matchup. These teams don't like each other. So I, I think it's less likely about playing down to the level of competition. If you do like the Bengals, one thing to tell you, uh, the Bengals, I think, 
One of the biggest practice reports to look for today is Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon is supposed to potentially be back after the bye, but to this point, he still has not practiced so far this week. Coming back with that foot injury. If not, it's Giovanni Bernard back in the saddle. I think Mixon back there for Cincy would be another added element, and we expect him after the bye, which would be this game for Cincinnati. The fact that he still has not practiced this week, whether you're a Bengals backer or a fantasy manager is definitely something to watch for. You want him at least on a limited basis today. We welcome in our radio audience, all the affiliates. Big shout out for getting on the grid early with us, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. You know, Kev, in this division also, we've got like the Steelers, another quarterback coming off a COVID list. Like the Bengals, another stud running back potentially coming back after the bye. I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have the Houston Texans on their schedule. Baker Mayfield has been cleared. Remember, he had about with COVID or at least was on the COVID list over the bye. But much like Joe Mixon in Cincinnati, here in Cleveland, the Browns expect Nick Chubb to potentially be mm-hmm. activated. And remember, Kev, when the Bengals had that one-two punch of Chubb and Hunt, we were praising them about how well they were scoring, about what this Stefanski offense could do, and how it allowed Baker to play. I think also now with no Odell, maybe with Chubb, the Browns could even get more of the way they want to win, right? Running the ball and then Baker spreading it around to his options, not having to force feed a diva. What do you think about this one uh, with the Texans and their, uh, you know, 30th ranked defense coming to Cleveland? Well, this is a game that is projected big, big time wind. The last time we saw Ah. Cleveland before the bye... 16-6 was that game. Basically, nobody had the football. Like, it was just, or nobody had quick drives. Everything was running. more important element. Well, they're also playing the Texans, who are horrible against the run, right? So, this type of win game, you would expect to favor Cleveland. If weather wasn't an issue here, I would want the Texans. I think the Texans could win the football game. I could see this being a game that Watson takes. It wouldn't mm. surprise me. With this win being factored in, the Texans are going to be using a backup running back in Duke Johnson yep. as opposed to David Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's. I probably would want to stay away. Here's my thing, though, Dane. The total's 48.5. I mean, how low they can drop it, I don't know. But there was 22 points scored in that last win right. game. You might just have to blindly take an under here if the wind is going to be this bad and forget the side. Yeah, there's another one where we expect wind of about 25 miles an hour. We saw what happened last time in Cleveland. Field goals going crazy. That Raiders-Brown game was low scoring. And then again, the return of Nick Chubb against a bad run defense. You mentioned David Johnson not there. I think the Browns can run in this one. We'll talk more AFC North when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports 
Welcome back in here, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, we're starting to look at these kind of AFC wild card teams. We talked a little bit about the Cleveland Browns recently. Let's talk about another wild card contender, maybe even division contender in that division. This is Sunday Night Football, Baltimore in New England. In what, you know, years and years have been an AFC championship game multiple times. I'm reminded of guys like Lee Evans dropping touchdown passes that would have gotten the Ravens into the Super Bowl. I'm reminded of the crazy unbalanced line game that happened that Harbaugh complained about, and then the NFL fixed the rule to close that Bill Belichick loophole, so there is no shortage of animosity between these two teams. But they may be in different tiers at this point. Baltimore, as an AFC wildcard contender, they are undefeated on the road so far this season, Kev. And the Ravens go to Gillette to take on the Patriots, who are at 3-5. and five. They beat the Jets and came back to do so last mm-hmm. week. And I know you still believe that there is reason to like this Patriots team. You like the Pats plus 6.5 at home on Sunday night? Yeah, so this number is at the flat seven right now. So we okay, do, you know, this bit. isn't, yeah, this, it's not Bengals Steelers. We do have the full touchdown here. Uh, this is a game that I'm going back and forth on quite well. There's no world. I'm not going to lay the seven. It's it's a matter of do I want to bet it or not. Um, okay. it, it's it's Patriots or bust here for me. I'm so torn on this thing. This is the thing. I am the only person in the world that watched the Pats defense got lit up by Joe Flacco and is like, right. eh, I kind of want to give him a pass. I'm like the only person in the world. And I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not a Patriots fan by any stretch of the imagination. It just, it was basically a brand new team. Like they've never played like that. It was all new wide receivers. I kind of want to give him a pass. What a mistake that would be. Here come the Ravens, the team that I've basically since that Steelers game Anybody that'll listen to me, I just go on a rant about how I don't understand what to expect from Lamar Jackson about. Right. I I lean towards taking the seven. I was impressed with what we got from Cam Newton in that game against the Jets from the offensive side of the football. But here they are playing the, the defense that I keep saying is the best in football. Marlon Humphrey returns right. to the mix. They played last year. That's when the Patriots were actually, like, good and had a great defense, and Lamar lit them up. Man, the Ravens could smoke this team's boots, couldn't they? They could. I think I'd take you know the, the seven. I feel about it. Yeah. I think the over is an interesting play, though, of 43-and-a-half. Because the Ravens, if this Pats defense is as bad as it looked last week, then the Ravens should get to 30. And the, but then the 30 if the yeah. Ravens' defense is what you say it is, right? And remember, yeah. listen, we, we've talked about the Patriots back and forth, right? The Patriots, for a while in that game on Monday, looked bad against the Jets' defense, right? Like, they came back, oh, right? Yeah. They definitely came back. I understand that. But what happens if that's against this Ravens' defense? Isn't another one of these kind of 27-10 kind of live? I don't know. I, like, how do the Patriots move the ball and score against this top-flight defense? Like Jacoby I mean, Myers I, is nice against the yeah. Jets, but right, but this Baltimore team. I, I mean, again, I think I think the one thing that I've slightly maintained is I think the Patriots' offenses looked good in the non-COVID chunk of games that they had, and right. I think you know with what's been a solid run game, Cam Newton finishing off some drives on the ground and just trying to make things happen through the air. I understand, like, look, it could be a disaster. 
for this team, they might end up turning the ball over. That's the big thing for Cam. He's got the worst touchdown to interception ratio in the league, two to seven. Part of that is he doesn't throw touchdowns. He runs touchdowns, right? So that's kind of why those numbers are so heavily skewed in that direction. I mean, can you believe this guy's thrown two passing touchdowns on the year? I mean, that is so small. So, yeah. so small. But he's he's run for like eight almost. Like, he's he's obviously getting it done there. Right. I hear you. But I think if the Pats offense does struggle, it could still lead to points the other way, if that makes some sense. If Cam isn't protecting the football. It does. Yeah. It, 43 and a half is real low, though, right? Like, it's not like it I is. need a ton to get there. But a lot of times these, listen, the high totals, sometimes that zoom over the high, like Buffalo and Arizona. Sure. I'm taking higher sure. than the highest. And sometimes the same thing is in play, right? Take lower than the lowest. I will yeah. say this, though. We know how Bill Belichick likes to play defense, right? Take away something. And what has been the outstanding question about this Ravens offense and so, Lamar, mm-hmm. the idea, like, will Bill Belichick force the Ravens and Lamar to beat him in a specific way. That's one question for me. I see it, Kev. The other thing for me is we just talked about this AFC North being so competitive, right? The Ravens yeah. need this win, okay? Because oh, Cleveland yeah. gets a win. They're favored. Pittsburgh gets a win. They're favored. Like, you know, the Ravens, I believe, need this, and I don't think they mess around. Even teams like Miami and, and Vegas that we're talking about are right there. I think the Ravens understand what they need, and they take care of business. I am a little concerned on if Belichick could have a blueprint on Lamar, though. So so let's, both points. First of all, there is no messing around. This is like how the Warriors were bad last year. Like, there's no mercy. They're not like, ah, it's a bad team. They're like, oh, the team that was punching us for all these years. Yeah, we're going to obliterate you and embarrass you. So if the That's Ravens right. have a chance, they'll run this thing up. But as far as the blueprint goes, right, we heard Lamar on the Rich Eisen show. It seems like they know what we're doing. They know our plays, if, right. If there is a genuine blueprint on how to stop Lamar and their offense is this predictable. I don't care how bad the defensive talent is. That's edge bill, right? It has to be Dane. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. And that's the thing that would give me cause for pause. I think the Ravens are a better team. I think the Ravens are going to Punch the Patriots in the mouth, okay? Yeah. Both offensively and defensively. That is the way it's going to happen. The path to us talking about the Patriots, though, on Monday as a 4-5 and five team would be if, you know, they figured out Lamar, right? And it had to Lamar yeah. had to beat them throwing outside the numbers to Hollywood Brown and Willie Sneed and Mark Andrews, and he had to be accurate and consistent. And if he fails that test, I see that as the path for the Patriots if there is any way. I'm not so sure way. about that one. We also got to see if Mark Ingram comes back for the Baltimore Ravens. If he doesn't, it'll be more of Gus the Bus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, the house I mentioned there are other teams in the mix forcing the Ravens to need this game. One of them is the Las Vegas Raiders. They have a divisional matchup against the Denver Broncos in, you know, week 10. And this one is interesting to me as well. The Raiders are five and three. Ironically, though, under 500 at home. Kev, 
I don't necessarily buy Locke and believe in him. I don't necessarily buy these Denver Broncos or believe in them. But boy, do they hang around, Kev. And in a mm. divisional spot on the road, I could see it being a close game. To me, even though it's in no man's land between three and seven, this feels like a tricky one to me. I can see this being a close game with the Broncos hanging in. What do you think about this one? So I'm going to sell Denver. Their last two games where they were, you know, competitive, they won one of them, they were down massive in both of those football games. That's not a sustainable way to win games. Now, maybe this will be tight throughout, but what we've seen, this could easily set up for a Vegas blowout. We've talked about Vegas quite a bit on this show over the past couple of weeks. Are they real? Are they not? I think even if we don't buy them as a true contender, which is more than fair, this team still, again, I made this point, they have a good resume. They really do. Beat the Saints, beat the Chiefs. You know, yeah. you give them credit for the Chargers because the Chargers are a good team until they lose the game, right? Hung around with the Bills. You know, again, they got blown out by the Patriots because the Patriots were at one point good. I always use that to make that point. But I like <laughs> Vegas. I, I I think I lay the four and a half here. I think Denver's kind of slow starts could catch up to them here. And hmm. maybe Vegas is able to hold on to an extended lead. You know, I'm going to ask you a question here, Kev, because, like, I don't know what to make of this Vegas team. I have I have been wrong with them all year yeah. long. And for me, they fit into a level in the AFC. There are three, Kev, five win teams. The Colts would have been there, too, if they lost, right? I don't know how I trust any of them. I don't know if I believe in yeah. any of them. The three yeah. of them are, and I want to get your thoughts coming back in the break because we'll be talking about another one of them coming after the break in the news update. You got the five-win Raiders. You got the five-win Cleveland Browns. And we're going to talk about the five-win Miami Dolphins coming back from the break. Mm -hmm. And Kev, like, one or two of them are going to make the playoffs, right? If you assume the Ravens also make the playoffs, whoever finishes second out of Tennessee, Indy, right? Then you got Miami, Cleveland, and the Raiders. And I don't know what to make of any of them. Let's talk about that when we come back after the break in this news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge. Big shout-out to all of our affiliates. We don't play favorites, right? Any way you can listen or watch us here on the grid, giving you the info you need to make it a profitable week 10. We appreciate you waking up early with us. Kev, when we went to break, five-win Raiders, five-win Browns, five-win Dolphins, right? And with Mm. all of those teams, I can tell you legitimately – Valid reasons why I like them. The Raiders are the only team to go into Arrowhead and win, for goodness sakes, right? The Cleveland Browns, I believe, are going to return to having the best one-two punch in the NFL with the run game in Chubb and Hunt, right? The evolution potentially of Baker, maturity, whatever. Uh, On the Dolphins' side, listen, this defense needs to get some credit, and Tua has actually been good. You know, they and not the Patriots are the team to threaten the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East, and we've talked about this. But what do you think about these five-win teams? Because honestly, Kev, 
if you believe the Ravens will make it as a wild card with Pittsburgh, what have you, yeah. one or two of the AFC South teams, right? The Titans and the Colts fighting out for the division. The loser of that is in this kind of mess with teams like Cleveland and Miami and Vegas. There's reasons that people I respect can give me to like these teams. There's also reasons people I respect would give me to fade these teams. How do you feel about this abstract blob that is the wild card race in the AFC? Well, the thing is, it actually took quite a shift for me last night because the Colts probably would have been on the out. Right. With that result, now having two straight home games against Green Bay and Tennessee, they just pull off one of those results. They are going to be in a great position to make the playoffs. So then let me ask you this real quick on that. Does yeah. Tennessee fall to this group then, in your opinion? No, I'd be pretty. I'd still be very They're surprised. They're still both the there, right? Miss. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I still hold the Titans in a in a spot where I would be surprised believe, that they missed. I just want to continue to just clarify mm-hmm. this. Do you believe that for now? I'm going to call it the Ravens and mm-hmm. that second place in the AFC South. Do you believe that those ultimately will be two of the three, maybe four, wildcard spots in the AFC? Because if that's the case, right, then yeah. it's these kind of three teams fighting for one or two spots. Yeah, as of today, I have to say yes. Again, I would have. Okay. The th- crazy thing mm-hmm. is, right. bef- 24 hours ago, I would have said no because I wouldn't have liked the Colts to get there. Right. I have, have to the give Colts them juice. Yeah. I have to give them juice for that win. The one thing that I've kind of ha- hung my hat on when we've had this conversation is I like the Vegas schedule. I really do. Mm. But they got to get a result in this Denver game. The one thing I wanted to pose to you is this number that Vegas is laying, the same number the Falcons laid to Denver. So even if you don't like Vegas, Dane, I don't know if that type of thing can put and listen, A does not A plus B does not equal C. But right. I just that sometimes things like that, when I for me at least, I, it helps put things into perspective. Vegas lays an identical number to the Falcons. Yeah, sign me up for that. Interesting. You know, I, I do I hear you and I like the kind of comparative analysis. To me, a division game is a lot different than an sure. interconference road sure. matchup. You know, it's just somewhat different context for me. You talk you like the Raiders schedule. I like the Browns run game in this kind of path to the back of the AFC. Another thing you kind of have to like, Kev, is the Miami Dolphins defense that is still giving up only less than 20 points a game. Is still a top three unit in the NFL. Flores is doing amazing work down south there. Tua is undefeated, and they see the Chargers, who it's like, it's almost on the flip side, right? Tua undefeated, yet we don't necessarily know if it's all attributed to him, right? The defense, the punt mm-hmm. return, for goodness sakes. On the other side, the Chargers are losing games, but it's not because of Justin Herbert, right? Herbert has been a revelation so far. Do you realize, Kev, that, you know, Terod started the first game, right? Was game two the one against Kansas City where they stabbed Terod to end his uh, Chargers career, right? So Herbert has less than, you know, the games played of most other quarterbacks. He's like quarterback seven in fantasy right now, Kev, even with less games because he's throwing for 300 yards. Keenan Allen, I'm telling you guys, trade for him if you can in fantasy. He will be a wide receiver one for the rest of the season. He already is in that territory now. Kev, I don't have – this is not scientific. 
Mm-hmm. But the law of averages, I think the Chargers break through in this one. I think, like, it's just been so many painful losses for the Chargers. You know, a point and a half might be enough for them to, you know, uh, have a backdoor for these Chargers. I just feel like they're going to crack through eventually. Could this be the one? Because now, all of a sudden, I think people are going to start to buy the Dolphins' defense. And as soon as you start buying something, that's when it falls flat. I, I just got to say, I want people to understand this. Everyone feels as if Herbert is doing a fantastic job, right? And yeah. that's what we should all believe. QB wins is a funny thing. Sure. It is worth noting that Tua has more wins than him, and Tyrod right. has <laughs> the same number of wins yeah. as Herbert, that's which right. is ridiculous. Right. I tend to agree. I do think Joey Bosa's availability in this game, Ooh. you know, coming off of a concussion, would be yeah. something to try and keep a tabs on. It, it, you know, you all of a sudden get to send Joey and Ingram after two, and uh, you start to get a little bit more excited about the, the prospects of that. The Chargers have to find a result somewhere, man. They do. Right. I guess the one – here's the one concern, I think, with the Chargers. When do they play a bad game, right? Like, that also has to be in there somewhere, that they they have a flat performance. You know what I – That's right? Because we haven't seen that. They've competed every week. Yeah, they've been live every, every week. They're playing. You know, like, usually every single team kind of has their letdown, get blown out week. Look at Can Tampa Bay you? against this. Oh, the boy. Chargers have the Jets oh, next week. Oh, yeah, I know. No, yeah, buddy. Because the no, Chargers, they're... you know, can't get a win, and random things happen. Oh, boy, yeah. is that where the Jets are going to get one on some random missed field goal off an upright at the end of the season. But I digress. That's week 11. Yeah. Let's talk week 10. I don't know. You're right. It's just it feels like the Chargers are due, and it also feels like Tua and the Dolphins are due for a little regression. Uh, no, I, again, I, I agree. The line movement agrees with, with yeah. what we are thinking here as well. I almost feel like the, a char- there has to be a Chargers game that just doesn't land within these tight parameters, right? Instead of this, like, oh, it's a field goal game. Like, they got to beat a team by a by a bit or, like, they just get blown out a little bit here. Like, by the 17-point like, lead, lead that they get yeah. out too early in the game all the time? Yeah, and just hold it. Or, like, get blown out here. Like, don't. If, if yeah. we bet this game, like, I'm not interested in, in a competitive fourth quarter. You know, like, I always say I love when games are competitive. We want it to be tight. We want it to be exciting. No. Like, I just want to turn this off, okay? I want to know whether I'm done or not when the fourth quarter starts. The worst part is, is it could be 17-point lead, and I wouldn't believe – I wouldn't be able to do that if the Chargers were up by 17. Or if they yeah. were down by 17, probably too. This is a funky one. This is a funky one, you know, because of the way I feel about this. Just give me the plus money. I'll take the Chargers on the money line to win this one on the road outright and try to get plus money with this one. I will say on the Miami side, it's not a name that a lot of people know, but Preston Williams, the wide receiver on the outside for the Dolphins, is sent to IR. He had a foot injury. He was leading in targets, you know, under Tua. They still have Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, and the crew, Matt Breed they expect to be up as well so changing the narrative a little bit about where the production could come from the miami dolphins kev we got time to sneak in another game here so i want to talk about a game that nobody gives a darn about we're gonna see alex smith under center we're gonna see alex smith under center for a full game as and by the way 
earlier in the show, you called this team the Washington Footballs, which I just think mm. is amazing, right? Because obviously, like, the plural for any team, Lions, Chargers, Dolphins. Mm. But you can't say the Washington football teams. And so you were like, yeah, the Washington Footballs. I think that's glorious, Kev. So the Washington <laughs> footballs go to Detroit um, to take on the Lions. I know you don't believe in Matt Patricia, but I don't know that we should believe in Alex Smith either. So the question is, in this game where the Lions are home favorites, four and a half is the total. I mean, excuse me, four and a half is the spread. There is no total on the board, ironically, yeah. in this one. Tell me why, Kev. What can you trust in this one? Nothing. You know about this game until Sunday, guys. There's no total. There's nothing to do here, okay? Ultimately, if the book is not comfortable enough to give you a full plate, no, don't eat yet, okay? There's there's no reason to touch this game until we get all of the necessary information, right? So I believe we're still probably waiting on to figure out what's the deal with Stafford who left that game hurt. Like, if it's Chase Daniel versus Alex Smith. Oh, boy. I mean, good luck. Good luck, right? We know Galladay should still be absent here. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the one thing I will tell people. Yesterday I was on In Game Live with Holden Kushner, uh, who does In Game Live on this network, is also a really, really good DFS player. Um, and he was banging the table saying, you got to get Terry McLaurin in your lineups. Uh, Holden is, again, he's good at what he does. So uh, figure out yeah. a way, make the money fit. Uh, Terry McLaurin will certainly be in the lineup that I play. And for those out there, if that's if you want something, but I'm not. I'm not going to tell you. I lean, no, no. There's no total. It's Friday. It's not. It's not a Monday look ahead. Okay. It's Friday. There's no total. Yeah. Talk to me when there's a yeah. total. Nah, I'm I'm with you. I have been on Scary Terry McLaurin all season as well. He is performing as wide receiver 11 right now, depending on the settings in your fantasy. And he really, I mean, people like Antonio Gibson, but if you're thinking about a bad game script for the footballs for the rest of the season, McLaurin and that garbage time will be there. Remember, he was also voted a captain. If you want a prop bet, when the number comes out, unless it's like crazy, I'm all about this TJ Hawkinson touchdown prop, mm. especially if no Galladay and others, they find him in the end zone. We got one more game to discuss, and I know Kevin's got some thoughts on it. We continue to talk about the NFC least when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Back onto the early line. Back onto the grid. Getting the edge here. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh on the early line. Wrapping up a football Friday, Kev. We got one more game. It's a game I know is near and dear to your heart. Where the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles come to MetLife Stadium to take on the Giants. Kev, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Eagles are getting healthier right we may see miles sanders back we've already had the return of dallas goddard we've already had the return of first round kid jalen rager we may expect to see i don't even know that he's gonna remember like 
you know, where the locker room is in the building. But Alshon Jeffrey may make his return to the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Talk to me. Do you think these weapons are all Carson Wentz will need to lead the Philadelphia Eagles to get to 500, which will be comfortably in first place in the division? I am so unexcited for this game. It is hilarious. Because what do you mean? You need now... this to maintain your division lead, Kev. This is high leverage for your Eagles. I know. I know it is. And that's why I'm not excited for it. Because not only okay. is this game important, it's also a game that I'm becoming more and more aware of. I am going to get very rude responses from people when the Eagles let them down. Right? I had Joe Lisi tell me Wednesday, he goes, I swear if your team doesn't handle that game, don't even talk to me. I had Holden last night. Oh, I'm excited about Wentz and DFS this week. Oh, I'm interested in Goddard. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. I've seen this movie a hundred times. I've seen this. I saw I saw this movie on Thursday Night Football two weeks ago when they played. The game right. stays weirdly close. All of a sudden, Wentz has to pull a comeback out for no reason. What have we talked about, Dane? Basically, an ATM machine has been home, divisional dogs. I like. Yeah. Should the Eagles obliterate this team off a of bye? Yeah. This also sort of obliterated them on Thursday Night Football. They didn't. They had to have a miraculous comeback. So, so I, I don't know what to tell you about this game. I don't know what to tell you about 44 and a half. There's supposed to be some poor weather in this one. Yeah. Some rain. Sounds like yeah. turnovers. Sounds sloppy. Ultimately... Miles Sanders back. Hopefully Lane Johnson plays in this one. The Eagles should be able to have enough explosive plays on the ground to win this game. They hopefully figured some things out on the bye to where they can win this thing comfortably. But I will tell you this right now, no, no doubt about it, I will not bet this game. I don't need that stress in my life. And it's going to be stressful. It shouldn't be, probably will be. Yeah, so I'm reminded of that last time the Eagles and the Giants played, right? And I, on this air, said that I think the Eagles will win that game but not cover the number. And that's exactly what happened. This one is now in New York, the home divisional dog. I am leery of that. I'm with you, Kev. I think the Eagles are the better team. When you say things like should, could, I agree with you. They should have enough to get the job done. You asked, you also mentioned the added element of the weather, right? When mm -hmm. I put the weather, the division dog, and what I saw last time about this, I am going to say the same damn thing I told you last time, which ironically, Kev, I had trolls hitting me up about that I was completely wrong. And then when it came in, they deleted their tweets to troll me. But I will say it once again. I think the Philadelphia Eagles win this game, but do not cover the three and the hook. We had this as a watch for the hook game earlier in the week, and I believe that is a reason. These two teams, when they play, are odd games. Your boy Jake Elliott one year hit like a 60-yard field goal as time expired for this, to, for this game to win, right? So I think three and a half is a little bit too much. You add the elements and the rain that we expect. And to be quite honest, Kev, I know you don't want to hear this, but the rain and the weather and stuff like that, when you add Carson Wentz, 
Wentz, who has more turnovers and has been sacked a bunch of times, that him not being careful with the ball in these conditions also gives me cause for pause and why this game can stay very, very tight. The Eagles need this window to get the working margin. I know you have already put the Giants to bed in this division, but if the Giants get the home win, that's their third win. The Eagles will be at three wins, and this division will continue to be, you know, condensed and at the bottom I, yeah. of the barrel. Go ahead, Kev. I, I just, I'll just say, and I don't care. What's up? Remember when Doug Peterson played for the tie against the Bengals, and everybody was like, yes. "What a coward!" That time smart- I get them the division, right? Smartest, smartest thing he's done all season. It's then, and it's not even close, by the way. They have a three-game edge right now in the loss column uh, on the Giants going into that game. Like they could yeah. lose that game and still hold a two a two-game lead. So I know it was coward ask whatever. I wish they won the game. The tie was the tie was as good as a win in the NFC East. Fair enough. And like, listen, there is definitely a universe. Get a tie right? again. Like, like, it's very possible, you know, and I, I don't have the schedules in front of me and stuff like that, but it is very possible that, like, 7, 8, and 1 could beat 7 and 9 to win this division, yeah. right? Or even worse, 6, 9, and 1 could beat 6 and 10 to win this division. So we'll see, and we'll be talking about it clearly when mm-hmm. we have our next episode of The Early Line on Monday. We will be doing all of our kind of debriefs and takeaways of the action that we do see. But let's move to college football, Kev, because listen so many games are not being played and we have covered that the spread of covid uh you know is real in this country i think we set a new record again something like 130,000 cases in one day uh the walls are closing in on college football on uh some levels and you know in the big 10 we have seen even ohio state have their games canceled wisconsin we think is coming back at it there's a game in the big 10 tonight that i find interesting iowa goes down to minnesota Minnesota. Minnesota, Kev, was a team that in their opener against Michigan, they were ranked. Now, my how the mighty have fallen. I don't know if they were ever really mighty per se, but they are home dogs in this one. The Golden Gophers are going to try to roll the boat, but they are getting three and a half points against Iowa. I simply can't believe the total in this game. And on our graphic there, it shows 57 and a half. Uh, It's been moving. This thing is 60 and a half. 60 and a half now. Wow. Dane, they played last year, okay? The total was 45. And it went under, by the way. I mean, listen, I can't bet a college football under. It's complete. Like, it's, it's how you, you won't be able to sleep. If you bet a college football under. But come on, 60 and a half? 60 and a half? Now I'm with you. Is there weather? We got to check for weather in this one also because in that region of the country, right? And if there's wind, like we're talking about with Green Bay, or if there's rain, you know, I mean, that could be another reason that 60 could be way too high for this one. This is the appetizer, though, Kev. The big one tonight. You know I am fully invested in this one. With Mm -hmm. Texas A&M not playing this week with a bunch of other top teams not playing this week the seventh ranked cincinnati bearcats who are undefeated six and oh have a chance to put another 
actual notch on their belt in a way that other teams do not have the opportunity. Now they are four touchdown favorites at 27 and a half. You got to think since he will get the win here. Kev, how important is it the way they look in this one, you know, and how important is it that they actually get to seven? Because as we've been talking, not a lot of other contenders are going to be able to get to seven wins in their season. Yeah, it it is funny though. Like, if they win this game by two touchdowns, they might have been better off being idle <laughs> than actually playing this game. They're laying twenty seven and a half. Okay, that's a ridiculously big number. ECU was twenty eight point dogs against UCF. Right, the other Ooh. top team. That's the game left for Cincinnati. They lost by twenty three. So they did enough to hang around there. The thing about Cincinnati is they are obviously the top of this uh, conference right now. They beat SMU by close to 30, Memphis by close to 40, and Houston by close to 30, obliterating these teams. They should obliterate these They should. They clearly are hungry. They they know what's at stake. Every game, you need to run it up. You need to be better than the last. I would lean towards laying the 27 and a half. I, I'm, it's a lot. I get it. You know, when are you comfortable? I don't know. It's for when it's 42 when. nothing, but like. I'll tell you when. When Cincinnati yeah. knows they have to make a statement to stay relevant, right? Like Cincinnati. Yeah along with BYU and maybe Miami and other schools like that, they are going to have to run it off. They have to impress, right? So I would lay the 27 and a half. Here's the thing. Unless you don't believe lookerheads are real, I do. Next week is the game at UCF. So, and that's the game, by the way. Like, that's the game that they can win and jump teams. They might be. Well, they just beat a ranked Boise team. You know, like that's a big game, and it didn't help them. BYU, sure. Oh, but that was like, BYU. My bad. Yeah, the Houston. I mean, these are all. These are all games. I mean, the Houston game, the Toledo game. We thought these were quality teams. No. I mean, qual. They weren't garbage cans, but they're not Georgia. Again, like that. Right. Like they're. It's just we're talking right. about you know things that are just so totally different. I just think that the UCF game, I mean, I could be totally off base here, but I feel like there's a world where that, that game is even, like, close to a pick Like, that's the game for Cincinnati. After okay. that, like, you kind of will see in the, you know, in the conference title game, and we'll, we'll go out swinging there. And they yeah. know that. They know that. Like, Dane, realistically, why is this 27-and-a-half and not 30-and-a-half? They've right. been beating all the better teams in this division by way more yeah. than this. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, 41-10 is the number that came to my mind, if you want to know the truth, right? If And in that situation, they cover the four touchdowns. We get just under the number. So let me play right. this out with you in a hot second, okay? We've seen our top 25, and if we have that graphic, we could put it up right there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you, like, trust me for now and just take this leap of faith with me, right? Okay. Um. Let's say Cincy does win 41 to 10. Let's say they okay. cover that number, right? Impressive yeah. win from the Bearcats. AM is idle. We've seen Wisconsin fall for being idle. 
Uh, Florida, are they one of the damn teams that plays this week? I can't even keep track in the SEC anymore, right? So with idle teams, specifically idle A&M, if Cincy takes mm-hmm. care of business and, to, to, for lack of a better term, impresses, whatever that means to you, right? Sure. Do they move up? Not at all. Not at all. Playing Eastern, they're, they're playing Eastern Carolina. That's not a slight. Thing. A&M's playing nobody. A&M's playing nobody. Sure, but you're you're comparing it. You're comparing it to Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin this week was jumped by Oregon, who got who just entered the fray. We've seen teams like they. We think you're better. We need you to win a game. They won a game. Cool. Jumped by Indiana. They beat what was still ranked Michigan, right? So those were the kind of things that had to happen in order for Wisconsin to fall. So that's to me why it's a little bit different when you talk about Idol. Idol is it's not always created equal. It's also a Wisconsin team team that has played one game. AM has played six games, and one of those games was a win over Florida. I'm sorry. They could Cancel the game because of a mercy rule, and Cincinnati ain't jumping up anybody for beating Carolina. And my, how unfortunate that is. The notches in the belt don't mean jack for my squads. We'll come on right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. Yeah, Kev, with Cincinnati, whether it's that they're on the outdoor looking in, making the case for expansion, or remember when I originally started talking about Cincinnati, didn't you find that they were like 250 to 1 to maybe win the national championship? And we talked about yeah. if they got in, the idea of being able to hedge off that. So I think both of those are live, right? If anybody followed us and did take a stab at Cincy at 250 to 1, making yeah. them still live to hedge is something and then also if they or BYU or Oregon or some of these other schools are on the outside looking in it you know helps make the case for the idea of playoff expansion but now as we finish this episode Kev I turn our attention back to the Masters. And Kev, at the very beginning of the show, I said if you were holding a Paul Casey like first round leader ticket that you were not home free just yet, Dylan Fertetti has continued to stay hot. He is now one stroke back with about five holes. He still has to play. Um, Sunjay Im is now also only one stroke back. He has five holes to play. He is at minus six. Justin Thomas is on the course still finishing up round one, two strokes back. Justin Rose is out at minus five. Dustin Johnson is moving. And give a shout to the senior tour man, Bernard Longer, who is at minus four right now. If you have Paul Casey as your first round leader, you are not home free just yet as the first round continues in Augusta. 
You can bet it, though, if you wanted. And Paul Casey right now is at 3-1. to one, Same odds as Sung Im. Dylan Fertelli, as you've mentioned, is now your favorite at plus 125. You've got Fertelli just tied right again. now. He's at minus 7. Yes, he just birdied for yes. 15. So he's got three holes left, I do believe. And they're both sitting at minus 7. If you have a Paul Casey first-round leader bet, boy, are you sweating it out. The following morning, something you never thought yeah. was going to happen. To be fair, though, if you do have that bet, you should have hedged on this Fratelli number probably a long time ago because that Paul Casey number must be quite uh, quite nice. Some JM as well is at minus six through 13. A lot of meat on the bone for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. What are you looking for? Is it the guys like Bryson and Rom teeing off? Are you ready to see that? Because you're plugged in here, Kev. Yeah, no, it's exciting. I can't wait to see Bryson get back out there. But uh, just an update on your outrights. Justin Thomas, 5-1 to one is your favorite. Dustin Johnson, plus 550 right now. Fair enough. We'll see you guys back here on Monday as we debrief Week 10. Morning After is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.